This time on the Six Man Podcast. I don't know what it was, but their offense was not there at all. Every situation, like even when they're losing, they feel like I feel like they have control still. Julian, you're an Italian person. You're an Italian fan. You should. I am Italian. You know that Spain should have, if anything, won that game. I love spaghetti, and no, they shouldn't have won that game. He's here. I don't know why he's not talking. Welcome back to the Six Man Podcast. This guy hasn't even said your that yet. Host Tiago Botello and your co-host Julian Baldass, Sarah, and your other co-host Jacob Laszlo. And yeah, let's get right into it. Uh, uh, Jacob's not enough sitting yet. He's out of it today. You he's can out tell. of it. He's out of breath. I just can't yell because um, there's an accountant upstairs. <laughs> Talking with my dad. Well, if, if you're new to the podcast, I promise it's not like this all the time. Uh, I just have an accountant upstairs. No, yeah, I, it's it very high energy time. usually. Uh, if you want to follow us on Instagram or the Twitter. Our uh, ads are on Twitter, Sixth Man Tweets, and our Instagram is Sixth Man IG. Uh, I guess we'll we'll start with uh, hockey. Hockey. We'll start with hockey. Congratulations, Julian, for being the correct boy. Thank you. Thank you. You were uh, right by a lot. Uh, yes, I wasn't even close. <laughs> uh, I mean, it yeah, all went downhill you, as soon as you put your 100% stamp on it. Yeah, it all, it all went downhill as soon as it was like, yep, Islanders are going to win, and they lost. And then I was like, yep, Montreal got this in the bag, and they did not have it. Tampa Bay should have won game four. That would have been the ultimate call for me. So I called the Tampa Bay sweep. I, I per- Honestly, I think that they lost on purpose. That's what people are saying. For like a gentleman's type of thing? like Yeah. Or like, no. I just feel like they... Because they wanted to win it at home. Maybe. So not gentleman. So very not yeah. gentleman-like. And did, you, did you guys watch uh, Nikita Kucherov's... Uh, that that was speech? so jokes. <laughs> Bro, <laughs> like, this guy like, so You funny. Montreal fans act like you won the Stanley Cup, but you only won one game. <laughs> yeah, he was like... He was so the when he was asked like one of the questions I forget what it was, he was just like Montreal fans, the, the, their cup their cup final was last series is what he said. That was so jokes, like mm-hmm. ugh, love the guy. But um, yeah, I mean like the Habs have lost the series five games to a very boring one nil loss in game five. Um, I, I kind of sad to be honest. Yeah, for the great runs they've had, a one nil loss is like because I was so confident in them because they played so great, mm-hmm. like so well, like every single game. But just the fact oh, that when they lost, I was like, oh. you can't even. I don't know if I can't be the only one who's like who thinks like. The Stanley Cup Finals this year was kind of boring. It was very like, boring. It was very it one-sided. It didn't feel like 
competitive. It didn't feel like how it did in, in previous years with like the Pittsburgh Cups and like when Blackhawks won it. Like those felt very like fun, competitive, like good like series. Yeah, I, I think Montreal fell asleep in that series. Uh, like, I or mean, the just, playoffs. Or I don't know if they were too stressed out because they're playing the Lightning. I don't know what it was, but their offense was not there at all. Like, I mean, you, like, like, like take it in like game five, right? They have you can't win games when you can't score. You have to score. Big like, brain you, energy right there, right? <laughs> but like, no, like, like on a real no, like if you if you can't score on a sudden death game in the Stanley Cup Finals, and to do rather go on to the next game or you lose it all, and you probably will never have this opportunity. Carey Price or Shea Weber probably will not have this opportunity again, and if they do, they'll be much older, and they won't have the same, like, functionality because they're older. But, honestly, like, I'm kind of upset. I really wanted Montreal to win, not just because, like, because they were the underdogs. I always, like, when the underdogs win. It was, like, when St. Louis won in 2019. Mm-hmm. It was completely unexpected, and I love when that happens because it's exciting. If, if when the finals is like, oh, this team is projected to win, and they win, it's not that exciting because they were projected. Like I like when like and like the thing I like about like sports is when it's actually competitive, and the Stanley Cup Finals is very not as exciting as I want it to be, and it's pretty upsetting. I mean, the playoffs as a whole was good. The playoffs were. Were good. They you were know, insane. All two the surprises. Finals. You had up. Islanders. You had you know uh, Penguins crushing out at the beginning. It was actually even if like even if you look at the, the Canadian like the Canadian division, let's not worry about that. But even if you look at the Canadian division, Leafs up three one, blew it. Insane comeback by Montreal. That was a very good series. Mm-hmm. Second series, Winnipeg projected to win. They were projected to sweep Montreal. Montreal proved them wrong. Third game, same thing. Least Montreal's projected to lose. Who won? Montreal. Yeah. It was a sound like that's what I like. I like games that are exciting as not completely one sided. Some ga- games are obviously going to be like that, but when it comes to the Stanley Cup final, like I always get excited. But this year was was not it. I mean, would I? I probably, honestly, would have been more excited if I saw a Tampa Lightning, a Tampa Bay Lightning versus a Vegas Golden Knights final. I feel like that maybe would have been a little different as to what we feel right now. Well, that's what I thought too. But after seeing what Montreal did to them, they obviously were the better team, but they didn't show up in the finals. That's what I'm saying. Vegas have been to the finals before. Exactly, they would want to prove themselves. So if they did beat Montreal, even though Montreal were playing as the better team, don't you think it maybe would have been a little bit more than just a five-game series with, you know, like a gentleman's sweep? Not really gentleman-like, though. Who knows? Who knows? Oh, here comes the the big. The the big what if? if. (laughs) What if? Conspiracy. Who knows? Like, I'm just really disappointed. To be honest, I just expected a lot better from Montreal. I expected them to at least make it to game six, like minimum. And they only went to game five. Six minimum. It's tough. It's tough. I mean, like, four games to one, 
is not a good. No, I, I, I've, I've, I always hated like. I, I, I don't, I don't mind sweeps in the first, second, or third round, but when it comes to the fourth, like the, like the, the Stanley Cup Finals, I like to see. It's like with everybody, you like to see a good game. You like to see a good series. If that's the whole point of the Stanley Cup Finals, you yeah. get it or you don't, or you have to, you have to wait another who knows how long. You know, you're a hockey fan when it comes to the finals. You're not just a exactly even fan for or even you're for like fan. even for for fans who are not Montreal or Lightning fans. People still like to watch hockey, and the show that Montreal put on in that series is really bad. I'm kind of disappointed because I did expect them to do better. Some games were close. Don't get me wrong. Some games, but most of the games were just completely one sided. And none of and, and when it's the Stanley Cup Finals, no game should be like that at all. And even when there's one game, that's disappointing. Yeah. Well, speaking about being disappointing and disappointed, uh, Jacob, you're going to be very disappointed when this doesn't happen. Uh, J- uh, Taylor Hall, <laughs> as we all know, uh, is, is at Boston as we speak, but he will need to re-sign. Uh, and of course, the number one rumor is Taylor Hall coming to the Toronto uh, Maple Leafs if he doesn't sign with Boston. Which, let's be honest, Jacob, you're going to be disappointed because it's not going to happen. Taylor Hall is going to sign with Boston. Okay, it's, good. It's going to happen. No, I, happen, I, I didn't. But... I did not want him to sign with the Leafs. Really? <laughs> no. Okay. We don't, well, we don't need it. <laughs> we don't need him. I don't know why the Leafs are looking for offense. Maybe what, because we have what, Hyman on the free agency. Yeah, so let's sign Hyman. You would rather sign Hyman than Taylor Hall, yeah. Weren't you the guy who said Taylor Hall's on Boston? Leafs are fucked. Yeah, but and now but, you're like, but I no, want no, no, Hyman. No, 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 no. Hyman, Hyman, Taylor Hall. Even though he's a nice goal scorer, he's a he's a sniper, correct? Sniper, yes. no sniping. <laughs> sniper, no sniping. Right? He's a sniper. Like he he gets goals. Sometimes he gets assists, but his more his priority is goals. Mm-hmm. We already have that. Mm-hmm. We don't need more snipers. We need playmakers. We need swipers. High men. Yes, we need Ooh. swipers, not snipers. Trademark that. <laughs> Swipers, no swipers. Put on a shirt. So, so we need swipers. Hyman is probably one of the best swipers in the league. He's mm-hmm. one of the hardest working players in the league. When he's in the corner, whenever every time there's a puck battle, ninety five percent of the time he comes out with that puck. Mm-hmm. He. That's why I prefer Hyman over Taylor Hall, even though Taylor Hall is a better player in the aspects of scoring. And in the offensive zone, Hyman is better in the aspects of defensive, and just getting that puck, and play and making a play. Giving up Hyman will probably be one. Like I said this last episode, giving up Hyman will be one of the worst losses in free agent history by the Leafs. Mm-hmm. Well, I when I said you were going to be disappointed, I thought you were going to be disappointed the fact that I thought Taylor Hall was going to sign. No, 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 I was I was going to complain. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess uh, it, it's not a bad. Leafs, I guess you'll be disappointed then. It's not a because also with what cap space. We have nine point three now. 
with everyone as a free agent. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We might not even said Frederick Anderson. There's rumors going around that we might not even sign him. Mm-hmm. And then you might have to sign a new veteran goaltender. If he says that he wants to come back, and he says that he, even with Morgan Riley, next year he wants to come back and he's willing to take a pay cut, which is good, which is what we really need. But, you know, I don't know with what cap space. I don't. We can't afford new players. We right as of now, I want to get the players that we have on the roster and get them back, and then we can focus on relying on other players. Unless we hundred percent know this, like Hyman's not coming back, then we should look on the free agency and look on signing another playmaker. Which I don't know we'll ever find a player like Hyman, but we need to find someone to replace him. But as of now, we don't need that. Morgan Riley, the people are looking at Dougie Hamilton, probably. Why? Probably to replace him because he's a first, he's a top two defenseman pairing. Yeah. Right? Yes. If we don't need, we don't need Taylor Hall. We don't need him. It's just a given. Unless we trade away one of the four, I really don't think we need him because I don't know how we would sign him unless we sign him for one year cheap contract, which I'm pretty sure Taylor Hall won't do. I mean, and Hall then, when he went when he was at Buffalo before he went to Boston, he got a one year. He signed a one year eight million dollar uh, contract. Contract. He's probably gonna sign a long term because if I was Taylor Hall, I would not want to leave Boston at this point. I mean, like, I, Boston are getting older. So maybe he wouldn't want to sign a... But they're skinning a lot of young guys, too. Yeah, but they're main, main men. They're sure, main they're main... Yeah. Pa- not, pa- we have pasta. They, they have pasta. Pasta is a very important... Probably going to be the, the, the new captain after Marshan and Bergeron retire, honestly. Um, and Bergeron and... But even then, they have... How old is Bergeron? 34, 33? Marshawn's like in his thir- in his thirties. Either way, they have like five years to figure out who they're gonna. They have and like the dra- I have like five years of draft picks. Five years of just they can make trades. They have five years to figure out who they can replace it. And I'm sure Taylor Hall's happy where he is. And even then, they can go for a nice playoff run. They're still a playoff contending team and probably Stanley Cup contenders. Knowing them, mm-hmm. they've always been Stanley Cup contenders. Only the- even though they only won one cup, Boston was always a team to be scared of, and we all know. As we fans, we know that Boston is not a team to be reckoned with. We all know that. Uh, so, I, I think Jake Taylor Hall signing with Boston. <laughs> he just got Vietnam flashbacks right there. Vietnam. Not the Vietnam. Anyways. <laughs> uh, what was I saying? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I think Taylor Hall signing with Boston, even for short term. Because right now, Taylor Hall is just bouncing around from team to team to team to team. Mm-hmm. Not knowing what to do, and I think Boston's good to stay at. He, I think he's happy there. I think he's good to stay there. I don't know why else he would want to be anywhere else. I think Boston's perfect for him, honestly. Because well, he he literally said that season two, like he was happy. He has no complaints, and he wants to sign back. Mm-hmm. I don't. I'm just. Boston's going to be a dickhead. I highly doubt 
Taylor Hall is not going to sign with any other team. And I don't even know why he would sign with the Leafs. Even when the Leafs are, like, really nice to each other and they're, like, family, Boston is just better for him. Well, I mean, he does have uh, Sea Lake. Okay, Bergeron is 35. The fucking assistant, like, the... the, uh... What's what's the word I'm looking for when you're like not, not the captain, but you're like, yeah, him. He's 35 as well. Marshawn's mm-hmm. 33. Taylor Hall's 29. So he's about like below them in age, but still like they're far ahead, mm-hmm. especially Bergeron. Um, if he does sign a long term deal with. The Boston Bruins. I, I don't know. I don't see him doing. I see him maybe signing a three-year or maybe a two-year. Even I don't see him signing long-term, considering that the their main man Bergeron and Marchand, if they sign for like let's say four years, Bergeron's gonna be thirty-nine and Marchand's gonna be thirty-seven. You know what I mean? Uh, like. Not all players are are going to be like a, a Mister Thornton and go forty fucking five years old when they're in on their deathbed fucking playing the game, right? So I don't oh, know. No, no. And when like, they get older, they get and, like yeah. When they get older, they get worse. Right? While the Leafs are Matthews, Marner, Nylander, and obviously Tavares. When we fucking talk about Tavares, but like we're younger, I would say, than Boston. Even with like Spezza and fucking Thornton, because mm-hmm. they're just third, third, fourth liners. Exactly, Bergeron and Marchand are first liners. Mm-hmm. I, I understand. I and I, I just, no one Leafs don't need him. We don't need him. Hunt, like I'd rather sign back Zach Hyman. Like I said, we don't need him more goal scorers. And even then, I think Boston can grow from Taylor Hall, and they can build around him. Mm-hmm. Because, like I said, Taylor Hall's a first-line player. And they can even, with Taylor Hall, they can go for a Stanley Cup run, like I said. And I think, as of right now, it's now or never. And I think, as of now, I think Boston's going to go for it. I Yeah, I think Boston, it literally is now or never for Boston. All your guys are getting gold. Obviously, you have your young guys. You have Charlie McAvoy, one of the best defenders on your team. And he's, like, young as shit. And like you have your young guys, you know you. They have, have a bunch of their all their defensive core is young. They that, yeah, that's that's, that's exactly why they didn't sign to Daniel Chara. Because mm-hmm. they wanted to work on their young core. Their I mean, their young core, old, by the way, like thirty six and thirty four is their backup and starter. But let's let's mm-hmm. let's, let's not talk about that. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I get I understand, but at the same time, like it's. Now or never. Yeah. I think signing with them, even I, and if he does sign, I think it should be like one to two years. Mm-hmm. I think anything more than that, I feel like is a risk for both, for both Boston and t- like for Taylor Hall. Yeah. I, I think a one to two year to contract is just perfect for Taylor Hall. From one, what if conspiracy theory, conspiracy, what if to another one with, um, the Leafs apparently being interested in Philip Forsberg, which <laughs> I don't really know how much I have a thought about this 
All I know is that Forsberg, after the Richards, he, with a shortened season, played 39 games, 32 points. Mm-hmm. If we were to decide to trade for him, I think I wouldn't. It depends on what Forsberg wants to do after, because he only has one more year left on his contract. That contract is worth $6 million. Who knows if Forsberg would even want to stay if he, if he ever were to decide to come here, let alone, you know, what he would do if he didn't stay. He could just come here, take our money for six for one fucking year, and then dip. Kind of, yeah. It's definitely a possibility because the reason why I think Phil Forsberg could be a good spot for us is because in March, we almost had a deal with Predators involving him. Mm-hmm. And... Like I said, apparently now, I don't know why the Leafs are looking for a first-line, second-line forward. And if they're interested in him in the past, and I'm seeing picture posts everywhere and, and fa- like facts saying that apparently they're going to try to make a trade with him or sign him, whatever it is. I don't know his contract. One mil six, one year, six million is the contract. Uh, is it after, like, like after this season? Like they just Literally, the 2021-22 season... It's his last year on his contract, and it's worth six million. Okay, so yeah, he has one year left. Okay, yeah, I because all like I said, the Leafs are trying to go all in. You can tell that they're trying to go all in. Yeah, with all these rumors popping up, like, and they're trying to go all in, and they can go all in for years to come because the only old guys that they have on their team are on the fourth and third line. See, this is what I don't understand. We're the Leafs can go all in for the next five years, right? The next six years. But why are we trying to trade for guys on one-year contracts when we have Matthews, Marner, and Nylander on long-term deals and they're still not even in their prime? Why are we trying to sign these guys who, yes, they're game changers for sure. Forsberg is a great player. Almost, uh, like, besides the last couple of seasons, almost a point-per-game player. Mm -hmm. But... What's the you know point what? of having him for that one year and maybe not even signing him after when we have young players? Do you know why, Tiago? Why, Jacob Laszlo? When was the last time he won a series? That is a fact, Jacob Laszlo. 2004. 2004, Jacob Laszlo. <laughs> so, obviously, they're trying to get players that can be an impact on helping them go to that next round. Because I, I promise you right now, I don't remember if I mentioned this. If the Leafs in 2022 lose, lose another first round exit, the Leafs have to make big changes. If they uh, lose, can we, can we crack a whole carton of eggs over your head? Yes. Yay. You, you are not no, you are not agreeing to are you actually agreeing to it? No, I'm definitely not, no. Okay. <laughs> Anyways. Cause I don't last time I was so confident. No, I have to get which you still have to do. Which you still have to do. We still, still have, have to, to do. Through. Yes. We just need to find a day where you're you have availability to your shower very, very uh quickly. Quickly. Yes, I'm pretty sure that's any day. <laughs> pretty much, yeah. <laughs> uh, just, I don't know what they're gonna do. I, I, I truly like. I'm just. 
it's just Science. like I don't know because <laughs> every time it's free agency, uh, it's 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 a risk. Mm-hmm. It's a risk on what to do. Like, is it is it good for them? Even let's just say we did have the opportunity to take care of the hall. Is it good for them to take care of the hall? Is it bad for them to take care of the hall? Is it good for them to trade for Philip Forsberg? Is that a bad idea? Who are they going to give up? Are we going to give up another first round pick? I'm tired of being. We gave up first round picks for the past two years. We can't keep giving up first pit round picks. Because that's worth something. And sure, yeah, they're worth a lot, but we can get something worth more. And we probably could have in the, in the past two years. Right? Who knows? Apparently, this draft is weak. Like, it's a weak draft, like a weak draft year, according to, like, scouts. Mm-hmm. So that's probably why. Um, they're doing that. Like there's like they, they traded their first round pick because they heard it's weeks ago, whatever. But you can't keep trading picks. Even though we have we're still a young core, we're not gonna be young core forever. Yeah. We keep talking we're a young core, young core, but we're if they keep giving away these first round picks. Even that even if we get nothing out of it, like I'd rather keep them at this point. Like we're we're not the the first round pick trades are not working. Who knows what's what's that guy's name that we traded the first round pick for? What was his name? Nick Felino. Yeah, 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 yeah. What's gonna happen to him now? He is—he has—he's a free agent right now. Is he gonna sign back to Columbus? Probably. He's the captain. For first round pick, which could have lasted us, he could have been a generational player. Yeah. And for a guy that we got for one season, two, which lasted about uh half, like a quarter of a season, and uh, a first round series, lost. I mean, with with. Philip Forsberg, because that's what we're talking about right now. Phyllis, Philip Forsberg and the the Leafs little rumor thing there. I don't see it happening just because of the one year left on the deal thing. Um, mm-hmm. You obviously need to do something, but um, yeah. Oh, and one more thing. One more thing. One more rumor. Mazuma. Which is so, one more. I don't know if you heard. Vladimir Tarasenko recently said that he, he requested he wants to request a trade. Yes, he wants to leave St. Louis. Matthew Tachuk on the Calgary Flames. He wants out of Calgary, apparently. Mm-hmm. People making rumors that they're going to do a one-on-one trade. Which I think is a horrible idea. But, but like... I've always loved Vladimir Tarasenko as a kid, like when I was little. Like I always heard his name, and people always talked about him. And he was—he was like, he was no Patrick Kane, but he was like, he was there. Yeah. And I don't know where he'll end up. I honestly don't. I don't know. I guess he wants to go to a playoff contending team, Vegas probably, because Vegas is accepting all these uh, first-round players or first-line players, or even the Leafs. I don't know. Who knows? Matthew Tachuk. I don't know. He's still young, but he's a. Uh, you can tell he's a. Uh, he's a hothead. I think Chuck. It's pretty obvious. Where will they end up? Who knows? Who do you think? Well, for Saint Saint Louis already, like, think about like the fans as well. Saint Louis had to deal uh, Pietrangelo to Vegas, uh, and now they have to give away Tarasenko. You know what I mean? If I'm the St. Louis Blues, I just politely decline the Tarasenko transfer request. (laughs) Like, 
just very politely be like, yo, we're trying to, we'll build around you, I promise. Just don't leave. Because honestly, St. Louis are, are in a rough time right now. With Petrangelo that, leaving that's and true, but at Tarasenko. least But seeing the thing with Tarasenko, they're trading him. So they'll, they'll at least get something in return. Yeah. It's like Petrangelo, they just lost him for nothing. They just gave him up and that was it. They, they got nothing in return. Tarasenko, on the other hand, they can actually get something in return. And I think St. Louis should start rebuilding in a way. St. Louis losing both him, Sanko, and Angelo would be very tough on them, not only as a team, but as a fan base. I can't imagine being a fan winning the whole thing in, like, what, 2019? Was it? And then two years later, fucking when you when when like losing everyone. Yeah, I can't. I can't imagine being a fan of a team who won in twenty nineteen, then lost and then lost their players. Yeah, and not only lost their players, but is twenty fourth in the NBA, and now they're in fucking Tampa and and doing nothing. Yeah, I can't can't imagine that. (laughs) St. Louis has got they they went from playoff contending team a playoff contending team to nothing. Wow, so it's it's almost like Damn. the other team I was talking about. <laughs> wow, it's kind of like the please draft Evan Mobley. Kind of... <laughs> Sorry, uh, uh, still for me to this day, I still feel like uh, Montreal Canadiens are the St. Louis Blues of this year. They're they they did really good playoffs. Maybe even the Dallas Stars, if I want to go at that level. Um, Ooh. they were, did really no, good. And I feel pretty, like Dallas did decent this year, though. Oh, did they make the playoffs? But they weren't last. But they, they <laughs> didn't make the playoffs. Any team that's not last is good. <laughs> <laughs> Buffalo, bro. We didn't talk about the Lightning. We did. did we? We did at the beginning. Montreal talk, but we didn't congratulate them. Tampa Everyone Bay at the Lightning. same time. Three, two, one. Congratulations Happy to Happy New Year to uh, the Tampa Bay Lightning. Congratulations, Tampa Bay Lightning. Gear Stanley Cup champion. Good job. Eighteen million dollars over the cap. Are you fucking kidding me? I think they are. <laughs> they are 19. They're like 19.3 something. Oh, yeah. One of the Tampa Bay players or like a coach made a comment. Uh, I don't think this core is going to stay together next year. No fucking shit. Yeah. $19 million over caps. I have a, I have a, a slight feeling. <laughs> I have a but... slight feeling that uh, that um, they we're not going to be together next year. Unless everyone gets a uh, $3 million pay cut. Like, bruh. Like, that's such a dumb comment to make. That's literally the dumbest. Like, no shit. He's <laughs> not going to stay together. No Poor Patty Maroon. Whatever oh, the fuck his name is. Oh, yeah. Patty, oh, yeah. Patrick Maroon. This guy has won Maroon. three cups. In a row. In a row. On two different teams. That's pretty good. Well, uh, let's see if he can pull off the Bill Russell. Did you see him? As soon as he joins Josh. Leaf, Stan will start, con- start complimenting him. Did you see him? Yeah, that's like- with Josh Anderson. That's like Patrick McCaw. What'd you and say, uh, Leslie? He, he was talking to the Josh Anderson. Who on the Montreal Canadiens on the ice, uh, Patrick Maroon. Oh. He, oh. he said, "Um, 
you have the same exact points as me, buddy. That's embarrassing. <laughs> That's really bad. Oh, my God. I started laughing so hard because I'm like, he's really referring to himself as shit, but, like, he's referring to him as shit as well. Yeah, it's just and like, I'm if like, you have the same amount oh. as me, that's fucking bad, bro. That's like John Scott type shit. John Scott. Holy shit. That name has sparked a memory. Yeah. Man's played 250 games. He's only got nine points. <laughs> he's, a, he's an all-star, though, in my heart. Sounds mm-hmm. like me. <laughs> well, <sighs> like I said, with all this being said, uh, let, us, I, let, let us move on to Jacob's Weekend. Weekend. Picks. Who do you when... think is gonna win? Uh, we'll just do the soccer game, Italy or. Uh, That's Tiago's weekend. I love how you forgot who Italy's gonna play. Oh, I wonder England's gonna win. England, England. Uh, sure, Jacob, predict it. Even though I'm gonna predict it later on today, anyways. All right, I think obviously, I think Italian's gonna win, and I think the score is gonna be two to one. Bro, I, I fucking called it. That. I called it. I fucking. Uh, yeah, I I'm literally putting up the two to one in real life right yep, now. Yep. Same. Same. Fucking hell, bro. It's so predictable. Anyways, but I will not put my hundred percent stamp on it. Yeah, motherfucker. You better not. <laughs> uh, I, I I swear to God, if we lose this game, I'm going to cry. I'm gonna with kill all this. With all of this being said, let us move on to the sixth Ooh. man timeout. Oh. I know an Englishman. Um, <laughs> that's it. That's all I know. Yeah, oh, yeah. He lives. Yeah, he does. Speaking of England, welcome back what? to your six. I don't think you understand how segues podcast. work. Podcast. <laughs> and yeah, is. we are here to talk about. Jacob, what's a segue? Uh, it's a thing that you ride. I knew it. I fucking I knew, knew it. I knew you were going to say that shit. Well, what, what, what's it? What, what's it? What's, what's That's a swagway. <gasps> yeah, what's, what's the other segway? A segway. A sex swing? A segway. Se- oh, is that being said? W A Y. Not staying in. Oh, do not put that in. <laughs> yeah, not what's going in. <laughs> what do you mean, do not put that in, bro? Do not put the word sex swing in. Not. <laughs> Do not. A segue. A segue. I spelled it wrong. It's a thing that you ride. S-E-G-U-E. Isn't it a thing that you ride? Okay, that's a... Okay, well, listen here. I'm getting confused. No, listen. Listen, listen, listen. Listening? The thing that you're thinking of is not only a hoverboard, but a swagway. Yeah, swag. People would say swag. It can also be said a segue, but that's wrong. So what? What? What are we? A segue that I'm talking about is how to transition from one topic to another. Your segues don't make any sense. You're like speaking about England. Let's talk about basketball. Like no, doesn't make any sense. (laughs) Yeah, it's not not supposed to make sense. If you were, if you were to say like, if you were to say like, (laughs) speaking about. Toronto team is being disappointing this year. Let's talk about the Raptors. You know what I mean? Like that's a right, right. that makes sense. Speaking of England, let's talk about basketball. 
All right, give me a second chance. Give me a second chance. Speaking of hockey, let's talk about golf. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I mean, okay, that one's actually very close. They both have sticks, and they because no, 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 because every time, like, the joke is like. Whenever a team gets knocked down in the playoffs, they go golf. Like that's a thing. Like go golfing, buddy. Okay, fine, fine. I got a better one. Okay, well, okay. This Speaking little, of this curling, going let's go play soccer. Yeah. Okay, that's that's better. All, All right. right. This is that's the, I, okay, we okay, finally okay, got okay, our timeout. Okay, okay. Let's go, boys. We got our timeout. Speaking of Italy, welcome back to the six. Man it still podcast. doesn't make any sense. And we are here <laughs> to talk about basketball. All right, Tiago, take it over. Why? Shake it over, go, just go, just go, just go, just shut up and go. Speaking about Italy and uh, basketball, shout out to Bargnani, the only uh, Italian yeah, NBA player that I can remember. Um, we we hate you. Uh, so <laughs> quite the segue. Thanks, Jacob. Let's talk segue? about Giannis. Let's segue. Let's talk about this Suns Bucks series because it's the only thing happening in basketball right now Pretty besides much. WNBA. And let's not talk about the. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so the Suns, first of all, have been fucking amazing. Sorry, Julian's mom. Right? <laughs> the Suns have been Suns. so good. Like they have been the Tampa Bay to the Bucks being Montreal. Like it's. The Suns have put up their their performances, and it's been like, yeah, that's an NBA Finals performance. That that makes sense. And the Bucks are putting up their performance. They're like, what the fuck is that? Like that's supposed to be that's like a middle of the season performance from the Bucks. Like yeah. that's how it feels right now. That uh, that is exactly what it is. The Suns just I can't say anything else. They've been performing up to what they're supposed to. Booker does what he does. CB three does what he does. He looks like he's fucking twenty three years old. You know, like, all the role players, even though two of them got injured, I believe it was Saric and Tony someone Craig. else. Tony Craig, there we go. Tory Craig or Tony Craig. Yeah, uh, I think it's Tory. Or Tony. Tory Don't give a shit anymore. All right. <laughs> uh, they got injured uh, in the in the making of, of what's happening. But even when with them injured, their role players are performing great. Uh, there's no. this thing, like... The Suns just have this thing about them where, like, it feels like they have control of every situation. Like, even when they're losing, they feel like th- I feel like they have control still. I don't think they've ever been down in this series. They were down at the beginning by like n- eight points, nine points, I think. But that was the yeah. very beginning because Giannis was crashing the boards and they were just taking threes, the Suns. Um,. <laughs> How do you feel about the Suns team right now? How they're playing in this in this series and what's fantastic? They're playing up to par. This is what we expected. Play hard, win hard, celebrate hard, fuck hard. There we go. Toyota. That's on us. <laughs> oh <laughs> my god. Toyota. Okay, but yeah, they are playing up to par. Uh, and the Bucks, on the other hand, basically, I said this yesterday to myself. You know, I'm I'm speaking in my head. I'm like jibber jabber, jibber jabber. But basically, game one, Giannis played like poop. I mean, and game he did two, just come back from an injury. Not yeah. poop. And game two, Giannis played like a god. Game one, Chris Middleton, Drew Holiday, and the rest of the Bucks played fantastic. Game two, they played mediocrely shit. Mm-hmm. So 
basically what they have to do is they have to combine their elements together and they have to win the next fucking game or else they're going to be down 3-0 and then good luck coming back down 3-0. Yeah, I mean, um, the finals kind of like the MB, uh, the NHL finals have been a little, not boring, but I'd say dreadful. That's a better word. I mean, like, I sorry, I watched the second, third, and fourth for uh, game one, and I watched the fourth for game two. Mm-hmm. I'll say this: game one, they had more of a chance. Game two. On the other hand, they came within six points, then that's it. They blew it. Like, it's Giannis, you never get 40-minute games from Giannis. And you got a 40-minute game from Giannis on game two, and you blew it. You know what yeah. I mean? This guy was off the court for one minute, one singular minute. And all of a sudden, the Suns went up by 10. What, like, like Bucks, you're not just a Giannis team. We know this. Middleton and Drew Holiday are great players. They do what they do. But with Giannis dropping fucking 42 points and 12 rebounds, and combined, Drew and Middleton only combined for 28 points, like, you... It's so confusing because, like, game six in the in the Hawks series, Middleton looked like Michael Jordan. And then all of a sudden, now he looks like fucking Kwame Brown. Like, it doesn't make any sense. Kwame Brown. Bro, it doesn't make any sense. Honestly. There were literally, when 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 Giannis got injured, and Middleton were playing, was playing these, these games that he was playing, everyone was like, it's Middleton's team, and Giannis is the second. We understand that now. But what what, what is this? What is this? Maybe Giannis has to get injured again. Maybe Giannis has to get injured again, and all of a sudden, fucking Milton is is going to pop off a Drew Holiday. What like Milton game one literally did look like like insane and and then Kwame Brown now. That's Drew why. Holiday fucking missed eight layups with at least five of them that were like, come on, man, those should have gone in. The other three were like, okay, you're excused. But, Drew Holiday, when you crash the fucking board like that all the time, and you get those layups, those those five easy ones at least, those should be going in. I don't understand what you're doing, like, with your left hand to fucking look like you're doing a volleyball serve. I don't understand it. <laughs> I really don't. I don't know. Like... The Bucks just need to help Giannis. Giannis is doing his best. Literally, the game one, he got 20 points. He played like shit, but he just came off an injury. So, it's it's understandable. This time, he's healed. He's a little bit better. 42 points. Amazing. That's great for him. And well, Drew, now, Drew Milton did nothing. Now, you have, to, you have to step it up a little bit. You have to win your game three. Because you're at home. And if you go down 3-0, and you're most likely going to lose the next one or two games. Like, yeah, if you're down three and zero, they might pull a Tampa and just say fuck it. Here's your here's your one win that you needed. Uh, have fun with that, you know. Like, just do whatever you want with it. Celebrate so that we can win at home, type of situation. Are you talking about like the Suns? Yeah. Yeah, like the Suns, they will they'll do what Tampa did. Tampa let Montreal win one game. Yeah, yeah. So it's like. 
I still can't. I still can't process the fact that Giannis came back from injury, still dropped twenty, and his teammates did good and they lost. And then when he pops off and drops forty-two, his team crumbles. Like what? What? I don't know. I said it at the start. They played fantastic in game one, and Giannis played shit. And game two, they reversed. I mean, even for the Suns, DeAndre Ayton didn't even perform that insane like he did before. In game two, to, yeah. Yeah, game two, he had, I mean, game one, he had 19 rebounds. And obviously, yeah, I like, know in game two, 11 isn't bad. Definitely not. But compared to what he had? Yeah. I mean, Mikal Bridges stepped it up in game two. So that kind yeah. of, that, that's, that's what the Bucks need. They need their role players to step it up a little bit. This is where bench depth comes deep into play. Like, Milwaukee had, like, a couple threes from Pat Connington, and that gave them a little bit of shooting spark, but no one else wanted to step up. I think Brooke Lopez needs to step it up a little bit. He had some fantastic performances in mm-hmm. semis, and now he's kind of shitting the bed a little bit. I Game mean, one, he played good, though. Yeah, he didn't do bad. Uh... What do you what do you what do you make of the Bucks' chances in this series? Well, they're slowly getting slimmer and slimmer, just like me in the past two years. <laughs> but they, like I said, they have to step it up. <laughs> and if they don't step it up, that's it. You you Hello? blow your chances. What? Yeah, ma. <laughs> I'm playing NHL twenty one. Anyways, yes, Julian. Anyways, their chances are getting very slim, slimmer by the days, by the week. If they lose game four, this is the, or I mean, if they lose game three, then good luck because uh, you're gonna need it. But like I said, role players have to step out. Giannis has to, uh, you know, do his thing. Middleton has to do his thing, and Drew Holiday has to do his thing. Jacob, what are you gonna say now? There's a huge fucking spider. I can't even. I can't get my point across. Don't keep talking. Keep talking. Just ignore me. I'm just gonna close it right now. How can I ignore you? I can forget what I said. Would you? Okay. Would you say, Julian? (laughs) (laughs) Would you say that the 2021 Phoenix Suns are a little reminiscent of the 2019 Toronto Raptors? I was gonna say the same thing. Tiago, you took it straight from my mouth. Pause. <laughs> yes, this is this, it's giving me flashbacks. I'm getting excited. This is like if Toronto was in the finals. I'm getting mm-hmm. excited. To see Chris Paul two wins away from a ring is very exciting. Yeah. And that's why I'm rooting for the Suns. Because Giannis has very, very, very high potential. He's already at I think the highest contract in NBA history starting next season. Yeah. So he, he has time. He's going to win his chat his chip. He's going to get extra chip with the dip. He's going to, he's going to win his ring. But right now, Chris Paul, he deserves it way more. He's grinded his ass off for the past 16 years. This is his first finals appearance in his career. And he, like I said, he fully deserves it. So I'm excited. This is this is very exciting. Mm-hmm. 
Well, going from one thing that's exciting to something that is not quite exciting for us, the Raptors uh, have have worked out with about seven to eight people. You know, some people in the draft. Um, what? Not like God. not like the players that you might think of. Um, they decided they worked out with people who are in most NBA draft. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? NBA draft. Mock drafts. The Toronto Raptors have worked out with people who are either a late first round pick or a second to undrafted people. Can I leave uh, the podcast? <laughs> <laughs> they haven't. Well, I'm so it's, it is it is early, so you can't say that they're not willing to work out with those guys. Can but, I leave the podcast? <laughs> but you know. We do, don't we? Do we have a second round pick this year? I don't know at this point. I know we have a fourth that we have to use wisely. Do you think that the Raptors are probably going to trade down? You know what? At this point, just sell the team, just move somewhere. Well, let us let us be called the Ohio, the Ohio Raptors, the the Shanghai Sharks. With the trade coming up. I I hope the draft during the draft. Sorry, the draft, the draft, the draft. I hope that we don't trade down. I hope that we could possibly get Evan Mobley because if I'm being completely honest with you, Kate Cunningham's going first. We know this with with Detroit. If they mess that up, they fucking are stupid. Houston Rockets do not need a big. They you know don't. what I mean? Houston, they, they don't, don't need a big. So get them getting Jalen Green wouldn't be bad mm-hmm. for them. That's literally, like, one of those players that's insane. And then for Cleveland, do they need a big, bro? They got Jared no, Allen. they have Jared Kevin Allen. Love. They have uh, fucking Isaac Okoro, who's a small forward. They can play power forward. They have yeah. so many tall guys. They don't need that. But at the same time, do they They don't need a guard either. They have Sexton and, and, and they have Sexland. That's Sexton nice. and Darius Garland. But they are looking to trade Sexton, so maybe they are trying to pick up a guard. And with that, that would leave Evan Mobley number four. But guess what? We just want an undrafted player. But yeah, no, we 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 want undrafted someone. You know what? I w- t- there's a player named Jonathan Kuminga. I don't know if you know. No. <laughs> uh he is projected to go one below us, number five. He is a wing player. I would not be upset if we had him. To be completely honest. He's got very good size. He's got good athleticism, and honestly, he's he's not like a a Giannis, but he has that feel to him with his height, his width, his his width, his length, his length. The, the girth of saying? his penis. The girth of him. <laughs> he just he feels like a like one of those players, maybe even like a Jonathan Isaac. You know what I mean? Yes, the girth of his penis. <laughs> But yeah, I wouldn't be upset with him or Evan Mobley, but we're, we're we are looking African players who are. Whoa, 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 whoa! Pause. We're we're looking for any player, <laughs> any player, specifically African American, size six foot ten and above, plays <laughs> center, and is hopefully very good. Well, he's seven foot, so. That's oh wow! This is great news for us. <laughs> Julian's weekend picks where he Yay. gets to predict one singular game. 
that's fine. <laughs> oh, Sunday. You want a sad Suns versus Bucks. I'm going to go the Suns. I want a 3 0 lead. Okay. Okay. That's nice. That was with, cool. <laughs> <but> Yeah. <laughs> now, with the baseball thing, there hasn't been really been much other than the All Stars and like Raptors. I mean, Raptors, uh, Blue Jays doing their thing. But, sorry. Sorry to interrupt. I did call it. Bo Bichette got the All Star ballot. Yes, got he did. Vin. I called it. Give me my money. And I'm pretty sure he might take the shortstop position because Jose Altuve is not in the All-Star game anymore. Do you know why? I think he's injured. Mm, So I think because going based off the votes, Bo Bichette was second and Jose Altuve was first. So with that being said, we might have four Blue Jays as starters. Which would be crazy which yeah which would be crazy but the sad thing is we have no pitchers or other players in the all-star game other than that so basically with that basically it's gonna be two innings and then that's it they're gone yeah and then no we're done but 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 i'm i'm not even looking forward to that bro the home run derby oh looks insane right now okay i got the standings here Watch and, this. I got this. I got this. You ready? And I would like you to predict who would go through. I, I got this. I know every Julian. single player, I think. The first one is Sho- Shohei Otani and Juan Soto. Which, pause right there. That's that's insane. I love Otani, and I love seeing the Juan Soto a shuffle. You know, the little thing he does with the grab yeah. where he grabs his nuts. Um, Whoa. I mean, he I, does. Does he not? I know he does that, but you didn't have to, you know, be that's so bold. That's the best part about it. We were just talking about the size of Evan Mobley's dick. You think I care about how vulgar we are right now? I'm, I come on. Is there even a? I mean, there is. You know, it's a little bit of a debate, but I'm pretty sure Mr. Shohei Otani. I was gonna say it again. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure Shohei Otani's gonna win. He does have 32 home runs compared to Juan Soto's 11. Wow, just 11. Do you, yeah. do you think every time Juan Soto, like, what is that? What is in the background? I think it's it's Jacob clicking, clacking his place as Xbox. No, there's construction. Oh. That's my host. Anyways, do you think every time Juan Soto, you know, bats, he's going to grab his nuts, nuts each time? <laughs> you think before he gets to the bath, he, like, he like kicks the dirt? And like, yeah, then he like... grabs his nuts, then he gets <laughs> and the home he in. <laughs> then he grabs his nuts again. Then hits a home run. Then he, he stares hit... at he stares at his wife across the room. He's like, then hits nuts. a home run while he's still looking at his wife. Then grabs his nuts again. <laughs> then stares at Otani, grabs his nuts, then hits a home run. Then that's hits how thirty the whole, more. That's, this guy's gonna win the whole thing. He's just gonna grab his nuts before every shot. It's every a very time. weird uh, tradition, but you know what? Whatever works for him. It works. It's intimidating. Anyways, number two, the second. Um, Two people to play against each other. Oh, you're asking me? Yeah, because you said you know them all, so I'm... I think that's where it ends. <laughs> <laughs> Number two, uh, we have Joey Gallo versus Trevor Story. That's yeah, that's what I said. Um, yeah, Joey Gallo sure. with 23 home runs compared to Trevor Story's 11 as well. Same. Yeah, with I was gonna Juan say Soto. Joey Gallo. Joey Gallo's always been a home run hitter, a hard hitting player. 
Yeah, so for the Texas Rangers this year. Yeah, I believe. Nothing, I don't really have anything to say right there, honestly, think, about Trevor. How dare you not? He's a per, he's a good hitter. No, I didn't say he wasn't. He hits his what? No. <laughs> <laughs> loves loves wearing a tank top, whatever they're called. The wife beaters. Say, I don't want to say wife beater. I'm trying to think of a, the other name. Uh, white shirt. Okay, then white we have... shirt. Without arm sleeves. Without arm sleeve. Then we got number three. We got Matt Olson versus Trey Mancini. I'm gonna or Man or Mancini. However, it's you Matt. It's Mancini. It. But I'm specifically gonna go with this guy because what a story he's had. Yeah, uh, the, the whole cancer thing going through it. Yeah, and... you know exactly. I I hope yeah. he wins it honestly because that would be such a good story. But mm-hmm. I'm gonna go with Trey Mancini. <laughs> Imagine I just go but. I'm gonna go. I want to go for Matt Olson. <laughs> uh, I didn't even get who you were gonna predict for Trevor Story versus jo- Joey Gallo. Joey Gallo, he's the home run hitter. And at number four, uh, we got two. This is a good one as well. Salvador Perez versus Pete Alonso. Oh, uh, Pete Alonso, former champion. I mean, Salvador pretty... Perez has 20 home runs. Pete Alonso has 15. Either way, Pete Alonso is a former champion. He has experience, and it's not like there's gonna be 90. Five mile per hour fastballs coming in, and yeah. curves is a standard pitches. So I'm pretty sure he's gonna tank. All I do. Of- I do just want to say that these home run counts are from yesterday. So anything after uh, Thursday, if they've hit any home run, that's not updated. But well, I'm pretty sure anyway. there's like a game or two left. So yeah, still, they might. Well, anyway, they might not fluctuate at all. Big word coming in for me. Fluctuate. What did all I? Right. Think? You said fluctuate at all. Oh, okay. I thought I, I thought you were correcting me. Anyways, no. I'm so so who do you think you is gonna win the uh whole uh home run derby? Well, hoping Trey Mancini, but it's probably gonna be Shohei Otani. Speaking wow. of the Italian Mancini. Welcome back to the Six Bad Podcast, and we are on the final part of the Euros. For Italy against England in the finals. Go ahead, Tiago, take it over. I mean, sure. We'll we'll keep that in. Fuck it. Uh, we we are at the end of the podcast. We're going to talk about the Euros. Uh, as we all know, Italy are in the finals. They beat Spain and England beat Denmark. There's a little conspiracy for both sides. I want to talk about Italy versus Spain first. Spain have not been the greatest of, like, the greatest Spain team, not even in this, this like, the last five years. They've been very, very lack, like, lackluster. You know, like, they've just not been strong. However, against Italy, they just... You can't even deny that they were the better performing team, especially with that that first half and second half performance combined. Let alone the extra time. Like, I am just surprised it took them eighty minutes to score a goal, and the goal was like it was a decent goal, but if mm-hmm. he missed it, that would have been. Literally the most embarrassing moment of And Murata's it wouldn't have career. even been surprising because Morata is not the greatest this year. 
Yeah, <clears throat> penalties. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that penalty miss was horrible. Um, yeah, Spain had more shots, which is double plus two. Italy had seven. Spain had sixteen. All right. The only yeah. thing is that even though Italy had seven shots, they had four on target. Spain had five with sixteen shots. Um, so that's a little okay. Uh, but the possession is what you really look at. It's like Bro, what the hell. They doubled it. Spain have had sixty five percent of the possession in that game. Italy had thirty five. Yeah, almost almost doubled. For an Italian team who is centered, who is literally built around keeping possession and keeping control of the game, they had no control of this game. No what control. They won it in penalties. Which is a little surprising for Spain. I thought Spain maybe could have knocked one in in the extra time, especially when they had the amount of chances that they had in extra time. But I mean, Italy won. Uh, even if it wasn't in convincing fashion, they still won. It just all depends what's going to happen now against England, which is also another game which the other team probably should have won. Denmark, well, I wouldn't say should have won. But Denmark definitely deserved more than what they got. I'll, they I'll say got that. They should have penalties, much. at least. Yeah, so England did have more shots, more possession, more on target, all of that. We know that. England were going to do that no matter what. We know that. But for Denmark to not only score the first goal against England in the tournament, because England have not conceded a goal until Denmark's free kick, but for, for, for the goal that they concede to be an own goal, which sucked, it did. And then for it to be a, a shot off a rebound of a penalty that wasn't a penalty is, is very upsetting. This is, this is my idea of what would have happened. If Denmark were to have won this game, they would have beat Italy. It would have been one of those things where it's like a fairy tale, a fairy tale story. You know, Ericsson on the pitch passed, and now we got we to gotta do it for him. Like, you know, like all of that. It would have been Denmark winning. It would have just been fate. You know what I mean? Now that England have won and it wasn't in convincing fashion at all, they won because of an own goal and a penalty that wasn't the penalty. Even though they controlled, I think Italy just are going to win. I don't know if Italy are going to be very convincing. I think this is going to be a very, very boring final because England are very strong defensively. They're very defensive-minded with running on the wings as their attack method. And Italy... Italy, I don't know what they're going to do. They're so used to being in control, but in the past two games against Belgium and, and, and Spain, they just, they've not been in control. They've been the team that's just cruising, I guess. Like, just everyone's staying defense, and then if we really do need counterattacks. And if that's how they're going to play, then I'm sorry, but against England, that's not going to cut it. That won't because England are one of the most defensively sound teams this in this whole tournament. So I really can't. I don't know because I just I just don't know. You don't know what what Italy you're gonna get. Are you going to get group stage and Austria Italy where they destroyed? Even though Austria kind of destroyed the extra time, or are you getting? Italy against Belgium and Spain, which was not what they would have wanted. You know? I'm, I'm just going to throw out my prediction. 
Tiago's weak in picks. Um, I think that I, I just I just don't I don't it's so it's such a toss up because I I I think Italy's gonna win. I said as soon as Italy were playing Belgium that whoever wins that is going to win the whole thing. I've said that so many days in a row. All right, to Vincenzo, to you guys, even I've said it just so that people understand where my head is at. So I'm gonna go for Italy. I'm gonna say it's a scoreline of extra time one zero. I think it's gonna be a very defensively sound game. But there's there's a part of me that's like England have been the better team in the group stages. The only problem with that is that England played Germany, which was, you know, good. And then they played Ukraine and then Denmark. So I don't know how they're going to play against Italy, who are better than Germany this year, because Germany are on the downfall of their of their whole career, you know, their team. I'm just going to say Italy 1-0 extra time. Uh... This is going to be the biggest test of England's whole tournament. And it's going to be in the final. So we'll see how that happens. I swear to God, if they lose. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if they lost, but I wouldn't be surprised either way if someone wins. I would be surprised if this game goes over three goals. If this game is three or more goals, I don't know. I'd want to make a bet, but I really do not know what bet to make because I really do not believe that this game will go over three goals. Unless it goes to extra time and it's 1-1. Then maybe it'll go 2-1 or or a 3-1 game, but I sincerely think that this is either going to go 1-1 to penalties or 1-0 for Italy or England. I, uh, that's the only I, way I see it happening. I just hope we go on our offensive tear and win 3-0. Which is not gonna happen with Which England's defense the way that they are. There's I can put my 100% guarantee, my 100% Uh-oh. stamp. I can put not Jacobs. Oh, I'm going to put my 100% stamp that not England or Italy stamp. will not score three goals, not Uh-oh. combined, just in, in in general. England or Italy will not score three goals. It's either going to be a two goal game or if it's two two, I won't I won't be as surprised. Neither of them are going to score three goals. There is no way. Because once Italy scores one goal, they're back on defense. Classic Italy. All right? Once England score a goal, they are, guess what? Back on defense. Because they're going to play a good team. All right? So I don't see this going past three goals in like in total, let alone three goals by one team. There is no way. 100% guarantee on that not happening. Well, Italy has never been down in these zeros yet. They've always been up. So I'm just hoping they keep the tradition and they're up. And yeah. I hope they win. They haven't been down yet, which is uh, once England does score the first goal, which could happen. I don't know how uh, your coach is going to deal with it because your coach, uh, I will say this to the moon. I don't care if he wins this Euro. He was not, he is not a good coach. He is not a great coach. Uh, I do not care at all because this man in 2013 was at his prime, 2011, when he won the league with Manchester City, right? That's my team. I love him. Then what did he do after that? He went to teams that weren't good 
that. And even when they were good, he made them shit. He went to Italy because Italy were desperate. And then he played four easy teams, and it, and now he's he's known as a god. Yes, he beat Belgium. Congratulations. I am I am you outperformed them. And he beat I'm not there yet. You beat Belgium, but I will say Belgium did have a better game. Belgium were attacking more. Belgium were having uh, not more possession, but when they did have possession, it was way more threatening and and more attacking wise. So Belgium did have a better game. Just Italy won. With Spain, same situation. Spain had the better game. Spain had more shots, more possession. They should have won that game. And Julian, you're an Italian person. You're an Italian fan. You should. I am Italian. You know that Spain should have, if anything, won that game. I love spaghetti, and no, they shouldn't have won that game because we play with more hearts. We have the better players. We have the better strikers. We have not Morata on our team who chokes every time. We have better defense. We have everything that's better. Our goalie's young. Our goalie's tall. We have everything that's that's needed to win. We just have to perform. Yeah. We, des- we deserved to win these games. We played our asses off. I wouldn't say you deserve to win against Spain. Other games, mm. yeah. I would say, yeah. Against Belgium is a little debatable, but I would say, yeah, you guys deserve that. Against Austria, Austria played with a hella amount of heart and extra time. Just got very unlucky with the time that was given to them. And in, in the group stage, you guys played nobodies. So it... it, it Makes sense as to, yeah, they definitely deserve to win those games. Against Spain, I'm sorry, I cannot agree with you there. I cannot. It, there's no way that you can look at the stats, at how Spain was playing, at who Spain was playing, and even though they had worse players, they played better. They played way better than you guys, and you still won. You know they what choked. I mean? The same like Belgium, they choked. I wouldn't say Belgium choked. As, oh, as... yes, they did, Tiago. No, I they would not missed... say Belgium choked. They missed... Two clear open goals. Like, easy tap-ins. Like, no, that Lukaku one was Spinozola was there. So no matter what was happening, that's not getting past Spinozola, who's probably one of the players of the tournament, but it got injured. All right. Unfortunately. And the other one, are you, are you, thinking of, are you talking about Jeremy Doku's shot? I'm talking about the one where Lukaku went for the header, missed him just a bit, and some guy uh, backfielded it. I don't know. I don't, I don't know remember it, but I just I I I don't I don't say Belgium choked because they, even though they had like the attacking presence, Italy were there to stop the shots. While when Spain was doing their attacking presence, it just took them a long goddamn time to find a proper shot. You know what I mean? And De Bruyne messed up a possession as well. They he missed coming like, back from injury. Well, coming back from injury or not, you're still back from injury. You're still the the coach wanted you to play. You wanted to play. You I know, but up. That's I'm just fault. saying. I'm just saying. Back from injury. I'm on your side here. I think Italy's gonna be England. I just, I'm just. The coach is not a great coach. I just, I just, I can't hold that in. Not no, anymore. I never said he's a great coach. <laughs> yeah, I know, but you started disagreeing with me when I said that Spain. Deserved to win that game. Well, I I don't agree. I think Italy deserved it way more. I think that yes, what you said, Italy has the better players, better goalie, defender, bench, whatever. Spain did have 
more heart in that game. But when it came to penalties, it doesn't matter how much fucking heart you have. When your head is in your heart and you're you're just you don't want to take that penalty like Murata was there like he you can tell he doesn't want to take that fucking penalty and he took it he missed it and it's over for the series you know what i mean so i think spain deserved to win that game even though italy did win italy will win the whole tournament and i think which is not good for me but it's not good if england win either because i do not like england at all so it doesn't matter what happens here. Uh, I'm just waiting for the World Cup, which I know Portugal are not going to do good in because it's well, in Qatar. Regardless of if Italy wins or not, we proved a lot of people wrong. A lot of people said we were going to get out versus Belgium. A lot of people say we didn't reverse contenders until Belgium. We beat Belgium. We beat Spain. Now we're on to the finals. I wouldn't say Spain's it, a contender, but still. the team. Well, Spain's a pretty tough team, allegedly. About Allegedly. what you're saying, I'm not saying they're uh, a top contending like oh they're a tough team. I I actually think that this tournament was one of the worst Spain tournaments in a very long time. But that game, that one game that they played against Italy, they played way better. They just did, but they didn't win. It's like how I'm gonna bring this back, and you're gonna be like, uh, but doesn't deserve to win that game. Portugal played way better than Belgium. We did. We hit just more possession, more shots, more on target, just more everything. We did way everything better than Belgium, but a goalie with hot hands and unlucky shots cost us the tournament. It did. And so now I feel like with Spain, the penalties cost them their game. And there's nothing they can do about it. They know they played better. They know that they had the better chances. It's just that they made it. They couldn't get past uh, Donnarumma. And now they cost it in penalties. That's how Portugal know that they played better. They had way more shots. They had just a better performance, but they couldn't get past Courtois. That's it. We're going to end the podcast here. Uh, if you want to follow us on Instagram and Twitter, it's at the beginning of the podcast. And um, I mean, yeah, we'll see you guys next week when it is the 10th episode and last episode of season two. Indubitably. <laughs>